Welcome to Bloombox Growing Deeper. I'm Sarah. I'm Hannah. And we're on a mission to help you become the gardener you want to be. Hello, gardeners. Welcome to episode uh, 18. I almost said 17. 18. We're well, getting ahead of myself. Yeah, they just keep coming. They. I remember recording like episode two and thinking, man, it's going to take us so long to build up a <laughs> library. And we're at 18. Today, we're going to talk about fall planting again. So part two. Last time we talked about mostly fall planting of perennials and grasses. And Mm -hmm. today we're going to focus mostly on trees. Yeah, there's a lot to do in the fall. So we got to split it into two. I sometimes think fall can be busier than spring. You know, Mm -hmm. in spring we've got spring fever. So we feel this like rush to do stuff. But technically it's not actually that busy if we would just calm down. (laughs) In the fall there's there's a lot to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, and we're going to tell you how you can divert that leaf raking time. Yeah, just don't more, do it. More productive things. Leave the leaves. Leave the leaves. The signs are up. Okay. You can buy them. It is the third week of September mm-hmm. when this is going to release. So we're recording a little early, so we're going to put ourselves in the mindset of late September, uh, which is really only very early fall. I'm going to tell myself it's 70 degrees. Ooh, that would be oh, nice. Right. It was this morning. It was I, beautiful. It was so beautiful. I biked to daycare and I was almost, almost wishing I had a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's going to be gorgeous. Remember when we talked about false fall? Yes. We're back in the summer, people. Yeah. It's hot again. <laughs> it's hot. Um, But yeah, so we are really only in very early fall. So mm-hmm. we're preparing you for what's to come in October, November um, and even kind of early December. I mean, yeah. I don't really think we leave that like fall work season until pretty close to Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, Sarah, how late can we plant trees? This you is know, the, the question everybody has a different answer to. <laughs> it's a hot topic with foresters sometimes. I feel like they all have a different answer. And a lot of times it comes down to personal experience and where you are in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people who plant as long as they can dig a hole, um, which is pretty much most of the year. Right. That's almost until January. I think it's more typical to see people plant into November. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe late November, but I think most people are ending their season and ready for a break from planting by December. Oh, yeah. I'm ready for a break. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I know some sometimes it's guided by just how busy the um, you know tree planting crews are. Yeah, that they don't want to plant um, in the heat of the summer, and the longer our heat of the summer lasts, then the more they're they're waiting to go. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and it's not just them not wanting to work the trees. Yeah, that's need. what I meant. Yeah. I'm sorry. I meant that they know mm-hmm. it's not appropriate right. to plant. I didn't. I they are far from lazy. No. Yeah. Cr- crews are very hardworking people (laughs) for sure Uh, but it's not good for the tree it's not best for the project Mm -hmm. to plant in the middle of the summer yeah uh so what trees do we do we plant all trees in the fall i do you do (laughs) (laughs) i but you know we've talked about this we're both kind of survival of the fittest people so and i also i follow the plant small it'll grow fast so i don't spend a lot of money on an individual tree like some people do if you are getting the bigger trees and you're spending 100 more than 100 dollars 
which a lot of people are, especially when it comes with planting, then you want to do it at the right time. Yes. <laughs> I think I've only spent over $60 on one tree in my life. Yeah. It's a magnolia. I felt like it was worth it. Definitely worth yeah. it. Yeah. Otherwise, I plant small because there's that much more, you know, flexible about the timing, um, the water. Uh, they're they're ready to settle in a little bit better. Mm -hmm. The only thing I have heard um, debate on is fall planting of evergreen trees. Oh yeah, that's a good and point. A lot of people, and I would I would agree with this, I have not personally planted a lot of evergreens, but I have visited a lot of projects with evergreens. And they do tend to do better with spring planting. I think it's because they're, um, they're not going, you know, quite as quickly that hard dormant. Mm -hmm. um, and they do have green needles left on them. Right. Um, you know, we do a lot of fall planting because when we dig trees that have been growing in the nursery... Um, so they've been growing in the ground. That's the difference. In the greenhouse or the shade house, they're growing in pots. In the nursery, they're growing in the ground. And when we dig those, we cut a lot of roots mm -hmm. to dig them up. But uh, they've also formed maybe a more healthy root system by forming it in the ground. And so we don't dig those nursery trees until leaf drop. Yes. Um, and that is very frustrating to customers <laughs> because that is not a date on a calendar. It's not a date and also like, then when you go to decide what tree, you're just like, this looks like twigs. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times people pick out their trees, their names are on them, right. and we'll tell them when it's time to dig. Mm -hmm. But there's no national holiday. This is U.S. leaf drop day. We could introduce Nebraska Statewide Arboretum tree planting after leaf drop day that just we announce when it happens. It changes every year. And we'll set it by eco region yeah. <laughs> so it'll be all we do all year all year is determined <laughs> leaf drop day uh the reason we do that is because there's a lot less happening than the tree um a lot of misperception you know we we're taught in school that trees go to sleep for the winter mm -hmm. and they do and they don't they slow down all their processes that's part right. of the reason they drop the leaves because now they don't have to maintain those leaves they can photosynthesize a little bit through some of their greener bark. Yeah. Um, and some of those trees that hold their leaves a little bit longer. But they're, you know, they stored up some food in their roots. So their their uh, internal processes are still happening. They're still alive. They didn't die. Right. I would, you know, we all learn about hibernating animals yeah. in the winter. And trees, it's basically a hibernation. You know, no, they're not dead. They're if they were an animal, their heart doesn't stop. Right. They're still kind of digesting <laughs> yeah. and metabolizing and trees do the same thing. So, you know, they're not, they, they are able, when the soil temperatures get a little higher on our warm weeks in the winter, they can sometimes put a couple roots out here and mm -hmm. there. Um, they don't do it a lot. They're, they're very conservative with their energy and that makes it a good time to move them. Yes. Maybe sounds counterintuitive, but... Um, it's very stressful to move a tree when it's in the height of its growing period. Mm -hmm. um, like when the sap is flowing super fast in the spring, it's pushing new leaves everywhere. Um, it's got a lot going on. The last thing it needs is for you to like move it somewhere else where its roots aren't established and it doesn't have ready access to water. That's why we water so heavily when we spring plant trees. It's like an overnight international flight. 
we're all sleeping on the plane. <laughs> it's the right time to move us <laughs> so we can go to sleep. And when we wake up, we're like, hey, look at this new place. <laughs> I'm still so tired. I am a little confused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so that tree wakes up in the spring ready to explore its new mm-hmm. home and ready to grow its new roots and go um, where when we move trees in the spring, we might water pretty heavily get them through that establishment but we've got to set them up to immediately go through a super hot summer um and so we're we're really on hold for that tree making sure it gets water through that whole next summer right now that's different with potted trees yeah yeah because it is hard for a tree to get through a hot summer in a pot yeah so if we can get those into the ground in the spring they they have a better chance. You're still going to need to keep a good eye on them and keep them watered and make sure they have everything they need. But it will be better than being in a pot. Yes, it is. I mean, if you want to come to the greenhouse and water with us in the summer, uh, it's those potted trees we're watering twice a day sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we just talked about a lot of work. Um, and I do get some, you know, pushback on that, you know, why would I bother planting a tree when I've got to water it and I've got to plant it exactly the right time? It's an investment like anything else. Trees do a lot of work for us. Yeah. So mm-hmm. much work for us. Um, mm-hmm. Invisible work sometimes. Mostly. Mostly. <laughs> I mean, we see the shade that they give yeah. us. Um, they're also taking care of our storm water. Mm-hmm. They're taking care of our just the average temperatures in our cities are yep. lower when we have trees. Um, our mental health and enjoyment is improved when we're surrounded by trees. And it's you can't expect all of that work for nothing. I mean, you don't live in your house and expect to never change an air filter or fix something. You bought your house knowing it was going to take you a lot of work and effort mm-hmm. to maintain. And, and our trees are less work to maintain than our houses. Right. And it's, it's like an infant. Yeah. Lots of work up front. And as it gets older, a little less each year. And then it can start doing chores. <laughs> I wish my tree could do chores. Well, I guess it kind of it does. does. It cleans it does the air. Chores. Yeah. Uh, it just doesn't do your dishes. Oh. Well, that's what I need. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe Groot. Maybe Groot could do some dishes. Oh, I love Groot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so worthwhile investment. Um, if any, if anyone wants us to talk further as to like, you know, what trees do for us, it's not, you know, maybe the first topic that comes to mind with Bloombox, but we are surrounded by people who can talk for hours on all of the things that trees do for us and why they are worth that little work of watering them. I think Chrissy would like us, would want us to remind people that they can go to iTree. Yes. And calculate the value of your trees. So if you do want to know exactly what your tree is doing for you with some pretty easy measurements that you can take yourself, you don't have to be an expert. Mm-mm. You can just Google iTree. We'll put I, a link. Yeah, it might even notes. just be iTree. I think something. it's just iTree. I'll just put it in the notes. There we go. And um, you can tally all of that up and it'll tell you, the, the I think, both the lifetime and the annual value of your tree yeah and um it it tells you that in monetary value right but it also tells you in like um temperature changes water that it takes care of um the you know increased lifespan of your Mm -hmm. of things on your house like your siding and your shingles increased lifespan of the pavement around that tree Mm -hmm. Uh, they do so much for us yeah we do not love them enough 
That's for sure. And every time I hear somebody say, but they just take so much work, I just want to sit them down and give them a lecture. Yeah. (laughs) Which is not the way to convince anyone of anything. And instead, just go hug a tree. Yes. That would be good. Although uh, this spring, we take, we planted a Buckley Oak for Silas the year he was born. And we take his Arbor Day picture by it every year. And this year I told him to go give his tree a hug for the picture. And he takes two of its little branches and pulls them around his cheeks so that the tree could hug him back. Uh, And it was so (laughs) cute. And then he licked it. But (laughs) All of that makes complete sense. Yes. I love it. But uh, I just was like, I want a tree to hug me back. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love them so much. Yeah. Oh. I do want a tree to hug me back. Doesn't that sound enjoyable? It does. Yeah. Um, so let's talk. Okay, I got two things I want to talk about. Okay. You decide the order. Okay. Proper tree planting. And since it is fall, I think we should talk about fall color Ooh. in trees and okay. why that. Let's stay on the work. Okay. And then we'll talk about, I've got our handout, um, trees and shrubs for wildlife. So we can talk about some of our favorite trees and shrubs and mm-hmm. then the color there's about the that we're about perfect to see. Okay. okay so proper tree planting here's what i know okay tell me not too deep you want the root flare to be seen yeah once once it's fully planted so for folks who don't know the root flare it's it's exactly what it sounds like it's like at the bottom of the tree before it gets to the roots where it kind of flares out it gets, starts to get bigger not that you want roots out of the soil <laughs> But yeah. just under, it's it's not the the big picture that we were taught when we were younger, where like the one tap root goes the same height as the tree. Like that's that's a common misperception. So more like a, a saucer or a bowl type hole is mm-hmm. what you need. Um, so that the roots have plenty of space. And then as Sarah has said many times, don't stomp on it. <laughs> after you plant it oh man it hurts me when i'm at tree plantings i see people stomping all over the hole right uh so root flare it's kind of like that picture we all drew in kindergarten where we had this really straight trunk and then it just swooped out at the bottom mm-hmm. into the grass it, see so we all knew what a root flare know. was and then we got to elementary school and they started teaching us this whole nother picture mm. um it's also you know we talk when we're planting perennials about the crown the root flare is the top of the crown. The crown is where you change from stem to roots or on a tree from trunk to roots. And as much as we dwell on how important it is not to bury that in prairie plants, it's like a hundred times more important not to bury that in trees. Right. Um, because once that crown rots, you have the potential for tree failure. Mm-hmm. If your prairie plant fails, it's a bummer. Right. If it's your tree $3. fails, <laughs> it's a call to your homeowners or your car insurance. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so we want to prevent failures whenever possible. Exactly. Yeah. So I've got this uh, tree planting for success document. We're going to link to all yeah, of these. Yeah, we are. This is a... It's a really nice one-page handout with a picture. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can't ask for too much better. That's right. But it starts with digging the hole, just like Hannah said, not too deep. You can always make a hole deeper. It's harder to fill it back in because now you have all this fluffy soil that's going to settle. 
So Unless you're in my yard and then it's just clay. And then it's just clay and it's not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we want to make sure the tree's at its original ground level. And if you've gotten this um, tree in a pot where it's been potted up multiple times, that might be a little hard to find. Because sometimes as we see trees get potted up in the nursery, they get just a little deeper and a little deeper every right. time. So you might have to look for that root flare. It you might have to excavate a little bit. Yeah, you don't need to do the soil at the same soil height as it is in the pot. Right. Find the flare. Find the flare and stick with that. Um, we used to hear a lot about putting compost and all these soil amendments into the hole with trees. And that's not as encouraged anymore. Um, our co colleague Graham gave me a really good image of why we don't do that. Um, it's like a sugar rush. So we put um, compost in the hole that causes a lot of top growth on a tree. But the growth a tree needs to do right after it's planted is actually the root growth. Right. And so when we cause a tree to do a whole lot of top growth right after it's grown, then now it has more top than has roots, which it already had from coming out of the pot. And mm -hmm. so we're just making that misproportion worse. We're making even more leaves and Still, we don't have the roots to get the water that those leaves need. So we don't do that anymore. If you need to amend your soil, you need to amend the whole area. Right. Not just throw something in the hole. Mm -hmm. um, and we fill back in with the same soil we dug out. Again, yes. if w this is where it's going to live. And if you want to help it settle a bit, put, put some soil in, water it, mm -hmm. and that'll help settle some of that soil. Yeah. And then you can always put a little bit more soil on top. You could even like partially fill water a little bit, mm -hmm. partially fill water a little bit. That helps get those air bubbles out without stomping and compacting the soil down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of fragile little roots in yeah. there that you want to grow nice and strong. Yeah. And <laughs> like Hannah was saying, you know, we got taught about this big taproot that trees have. And some do have that. But it's also really important that they have lateral roots that mm -hmm. run parallel to the ground and like stretch out like arms. Because those are the things that make it stable wiggling back and forth. And also that's where most of the water comes from. Mm -hmm. Especially like it's daily water. Maybe that taproot's helping in times of drought. But like those roots that are very close to the soil surface are its primary source of water. Mm -hmm. When we stomp on those, we bend them down and we compact that soil. Not good. Not good. Not good. Don't do it. All right. So then the ever, yes, the ever problematic part you can plant your tree exactly perfectly not walk on it all that stuff and then you mulch it like wrong. a volcano <laughs> yeah, like a <laughs> volcano instead of a donut <laughs> right always the donut which one would you rather have would you rather have a volcano or a donut ask Any... the people of pompeii and they'll tell you <laughs> they'd rather have a donut <laughs> i imagine maybe they didn't have donuts in pompeii oh but i bet they didn't want a sad life <laughs> <laughs> so yes donut over volcano and what we mean by that is so you just did all this work to keep the root flare in the right spot above grade right or we're kind of right there at the soil so now don't go and cover it with mulch mm-hmm you want to make sure and put mulch around where you just dug because it's going to help with moisture retention. And it also is going to keep you from needing to mow 
right up to that if you're planting in in a lawn or something because mowers will cause a lot of damage to Call the base mower of trees. Blight. Yeah. Nothing you can spray to fix mower blight. There you ain't gotta learn nothing. to drive better. <laughs> oh, we're throwing <laughs> shots today. Um, so it is important to mulch, but you need to leave some space around the base of the tree. So when we mulch, we think three to five inches for trees mm -hmm. deep of mulch. It and you for sure when you newly plant a tree need to cover the hole you dug yeah. ideally you would mulch that to the drip line which is the edge of the leaf so if or edge of the branches so you pretend your tree is an umbrella and you're standing in the rain and the rain was running off the edge of your umbrella that's the drip line so ideally you'd mulch that far you must mulch to cover the hole that you dug mm -hmm. at, at a minimum and you can do that three to five inches deep but then as you get close to the root flare, you get lighter and lighter and lighter so that by the time the mulch gets to the tree, it's just barely there and it's not burying that root flare at all. Right. And to be clear, that mulching to the drip line is when you plant it. Mm -hmm. If you have a tree that has a 30 foot crown spread. You do not when it's a full. Yeah. <laughs> we're not telling you to mulch 30 feet all the way around the yeah. tree. Yeah. Um. One of the other reasons we mulch is to help, you know, we talked about not stomping down the soil. Um, that's really fast compaction, but compaction happens over time, too. Every time we walk back and forth with our mower or drive back and forth with our mower, we're causing compaction. And that mulch under the tree is protecting it from that because we, how often do you walk on that? Not very often. And you definitely don't mow on that. So it protects those surface roots that are so important for taking in water. Right. It's a good visual reminder to, yeah. to take care of your baby. Yes. <laughs> and that so much of the tree isn't visible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, trees have at least as much volume below as they do on top. Many species have more. Right. Um, especially if we don't plant them in tiny cement planters along our sidewalks. Yes, yes. <laughs> so here's a fun one. And I'm going to start with a story. And I do have a photo, so okay. I'll send this to you. Because I think there's been a lot of changes over staking and, and trying to get trees to be straight. Um, and one of the places, one like my neighbors, not my next neighbor, but in my neighborhood where I'm regularly walking my dog, I see this person with a, I believe it's a bur oak. I'll be able to tell from the photo. Where they have put, like, a large piece of lumber <laughs> in the ground next to it. And then duct taped. Duct taped? Duct taped. No way. Around the leader to get it to go straight. Straight up. In I, multiple places. If I did not know you better, I would say you're making that I up. I am absolutely not. I have a photo for <laughs> oh proof. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, staking is not splinting. Right. Folks. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't a broken arm. Mm -hmm. um, you can't, once a tree grows, you know, bark, you know, hard bark over its trunk, you can no longer change the shape of that. Right. I mean... Unless you're a bonsai person working with, like, pinky-sized branches. When you're talking about, you know, a full-size tree growing in the ground, once it's become woody, it's not good. It might change while you duct taped it. <laughs> but if you take that duct tape off, which you will have to at some point if that tree's going to live, it's going to go right back to where mm -hmm. it was. We stake to keep 
it steady in the ground while the roots grow. We don't stake to like change the shape of the tree. Yeah. Yeah. Pruning can help change yeah. the shape of a tree if you need yeah. to. Like if you're and and we're probably not the people to talk about this. So we'll get nope. somebody to talk about it at some point. But if you have a problem where the leader, the main leader breaks or something and yeah. you need to encourage a new leader so that it'll grow up instead of out. Uh, that is something you can do through pruning. I had to do that on. to my buckley oak, and I hope I took some pictures I can share where the top died back in in some ice in the winter, and I had to train a new one up. Um, maybe I have a picture, because I think that's a really hard thing to describe without photos. Mm-hmm. Especially if you don't yeah. know what a leader is. Yeah. yeah. I think we'll a lot it. of that misperception happens when you see in the nursery very, very young trees tied to stakes like that to help them begin growing straight Mm -hmm. and that works because they're doing it so young Mm -hmm. once the tree's big enough that you're planting in your yard that time has passed right so like when we sell trees that have been set like that we often take that out before you take it home we try to remember Mm -hmm. to if we don't you should yeah um and then there's also the problem of when you stake really tight like that uh the tree's still growing. Mm-hmm. And so we get problems where we see, you know, that tie being grown into the tree. Yeah. Because it's not going to stop growing. And it girdles the stem. It, mm-hmm. it cuts off the circulation. It's like if you went to give blood and they never took the tie off your arm. <laughs> right. <laughs> Can you imagine what would happen? The same thing happens with the tree. Not a problem for a very short period of time. But if they left that on your arm, you'd have a swollen purple hand. Right. And the same thing happens to the trees. We might need a content warning. That was a little more graphic than I intended it to be. (laughs) I could have gone with like sitting on your foot. Yeah, Or leaving a hair tie on your arm. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's okay. Yeah. It it wasn't that graphic. So did we cover... Tree planting. I mean, then all the stuff we've already talked about. Water. Yeah. Keep it. Keep it happy. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. were cutting. I was going to stay on staking longer, but I think you're right. I think we need to move on. Okay. And talk a little bit about water. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, So right after planting, we're going to try to keep the root zone, the area around the tree where we just dug the hole and, and in the coming weeks, a little bit outside that, moist. We don't want to drown it. Um, I do see people just like throwing their hose out there and running it for an hour, um, which I do. I do it on a trickle. Yeah. Um, not full blast. Not full blast. And, you know, we're going to do this um, for a few weeks, you know, two or three. It. This is a hard, you know, prescription to give because it's so dependent on the time of year and the moisture that we're getting this year. But essentially, and where you're at. Yeah, and where you're at, what kind of soil you have. Mm-hmm. But essentially, you want your newly planted trees to receive about an inch of moisture a week. Mm-hmm. Whether that's coming from rain, snow, your sprinkler. Your sprinklers aren't the most effective right. way to water new trees. Your hose, your soaker hose, your five-gallon bucket with a hole poked in the bottom. Mm-hmm. Whatever method you choose for watering your tree, you're looking at about an inch of moisture a week. Until the ground's freezing. I mean, at, at that point, you're not doing as much good anyway. And hopefully we've got snow cover, unlike last year. Ooh, yeah, I would love some snow this year. Um, 
basically, is your ground cracked? And then it's not getting enough water, <laughs> which is a problem right now. Yeah, in you Lincoln. can see that. Yeah. Also, trees that came out of pots. Yeah. They're going to need more water than our, you know, bare root or dug or B&B, bald and burlapped trees um, because their roots have been contained to this tiny little pot area. Um, and a lot of times when the roots start circling in those conventional pots that just have flat sides, they aren't growing the tiny little root hairs. It's actually mm-hmm. the, the teeny tiniest of the roots and the hairs on them that are taking in the water. That's right. And we've, we've got roots circling around in pots. They are kind of panicking and focusing mostly on those bigger roots, trying to break out of that. And they're not growing as many of those little root hairs. Mm-hmm. So they will, at, you know, after given time in the ground. But for a little while, you want to really keep an eye on them and know that once water passes through the, you know, area where you dug once it soaks further down than your hole that water is not really available to your tree anymore right and hot tip some people miss you got to take that burlap off oh yeah take it all (laughs) off (laughs) this is like trying to plant a tree still in the pot there is nothing that came attached to your tree that should stay on your tree yeah nothing uh sometimes people leave the name tags on but you'll notice those plastic name tags came with two notches. Make sure it's mm-hmm. bigger. And then yeah. make sure you watch it as the tree grows because I see lots of good intentions. I just want to leave it on for a year or two until I learn the right. name. And then five years later, it's now choking off a branch. Yeah. You can always keep moving it to yeah. smaller branches. Move it to smaller branches. Get a nice stake that sticks in the mm-hmm. ground. Anything else. It ties, stakes, wraps, wires. It all comes off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Take it to his birthday suit. <laughs> <laughs> now we need a content warning. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Okay. I think that's good for for the, you know, technicalities. Mm-hmm. We'll put we'll mm-hmm. post the tip sheet. That's right. Um, you know. Mm-hmm. Shall we talk about fall color? Yeah. Or do you want to talk about trees? Let's talk about trees and fall color. I think at the together. same time. Yeah. Okay. You go first. What's what's a favorite fall? tree um oaks i i mean i'm sorry i know it was a given but the oaks are one of my favorite fall colors the variety the dark reds Mm -hmm. i just love them uh cottonwood's my other one sure i love the gold Mm -hmm. color of cottonwood what about a uh yellow wood do you love a yellow wood this wasn't a fair question (laughs) i mean which which fall color do you not like um, this is a silly question. The ones when the leaves just fall off and don't turn that's color. True. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's one. I mean, you gotta love the deep, deep reds of some maples, and yes. I know there's people who are gonna be like, "Oh, she likes maples," but I like, come on. The only maple. So we have one of those purple maples in our mm. front yard, and this is a tree that I love to hate, or I hate to love. I'm not really sure. <laughs> um, I don't like it. It looks weird to me when the whole street is full of green trees and then ours is purple all summer. Yeah. And then in the fall, everybody's getting these glorious reds and oranges and ours is still purple. (laughs) And then it just drops all its leaves and turns brown. And I don't like it. But the thing is one of the most perfect specimens of a maple that I have ever seen. There is nothing wrong with this tree. So Knock on wood. You've got to go knock on it. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, those are a few of my favorites. I mean, I think you also get like a buckeye. Buckeye. And look really mm-hmm. beautiful. And I think when you combine it with a lot of these that drop nuts and yes. acorns and things. Walnuts. So, yeah, so you get that plus the color. I just don't know anything that feels more fall. Right. And when you see the like the dogwoods of mm-hmm. the things that produce berries, yeah, and then their or viburnums, and then their color is coming on, and then the leaves drop and the berries are still there, uh, it just says fall. I yes. mean, we're a little ways out from that. We're still, you know, we're probably just in the beginnings of some turning, right? Uh, but we can look forward to it. Okay, so before we go into your favorite tree, I see you have some highlighted. I do. So I've you're going to make some recommendations, I think. Let's talk about why some falls are better than others. Yeah. Because I think we've all realized that, like, some fall, it's just gorgeous, perfect for those family photos, and everyone's just outside, like, oh, the color, the color, the color. Perfect year to go to the pumpkin. Right. And then other times you're like, wow, I think it went just green to brown on the ground. So. There's a lot of variation and there's a lot of factors that go into that variation. Number one, don't call us and ask when will be the best time to have your outdoor wedding in the fall for color. No one knows. Because we don't know. Same as leaf drop day. I happen, no to, I happen to know some colleagues who just pick a date when they get phone calls. Then usually it's like, well, here's a good Saturday. Yeah. Like, uh, there, yeah, there's no one. I got married in mid-November. And I think most of the leaves were off, but it was 78 degrees that day. Whoa. So it's just like, what are like, Yeah, you have no idea. What are you going to do? So here's the things that go into it. Temperature, mm-hmm. overnight temperature mm-hmm. is very important, especially in the fall. Moisture. So that's going to be a problem this year. Yeah. Because we've been in a drought. Forever. Forever. (laughs) Okay. And especially consistent moisture. Yeah. Even if you've gotten like some torrential downpours that are keeping you out of a drought, but it's going back and forth between like very wet to very dry to very wet to very dry, you're not going to see as much either. Yeah. So, and if you have a hard freeze. Yeah. Early on, because that's going to cause trees to drop. What you want is a really gradual fall because then leaves, basically they're severing that connection, trees, sorry, trees are severing the connection between the leaves. And that's what's causing the color to change Mm -hmm. because that, um, the green color in there that we all learned about, um, can only happen while the tree is currently doing its job in the leaves. Photosynthesizing. Photosynthesizing, yes. So... Once that stops is when the color starts to change. And it depends on what um, enzymes are left in the leaves. And we won't get too into that. But there are yellow, red, and purple of those. And so the combination can, um, can cause all of those changes and what color happens. But if a tree is forced to do that all at once, that's when you're going to get a lot less color and the and the leaves are just going to start dropping. Yeah. You want like a a gradual decrease in photosynthesis. Yep. Warm and sunny during the day, but not too hot. Yeah. With good moisture. <laughs> a little <laughs> and, chilly at night, but yeah. not too no hard freezing. <laughs> right, right, right. Yes. It's kind of, you know, doesn't sound like it's very easy to achieve. It's not, especially in a place like Nebraska where our weather varies yeah. so much. And that's why you see places in the Northeast that can sell 
fall time as a great time to visit. I mean, we all have pretty consistently. Yeah. 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 And they do have a more consistent, like here's when the leaves will be changing because they have a more consistent, um, I guess, what? Weather. Weather. Pattern. Yeah. 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 Climate. Yeah. Um, which we're going to see changing anyways. Nebraska's so. <laughs> too moody. We never yes. know what's going to happen we need here. A, we need a mood ring for the we state. Do. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is our fall color. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's why we remember those perfect falls mm-hmm. so strongly. And last year was one of them. It was beautiful. It was year. like a fall to be ha- like a once in a lifetime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it was and, gorgeous. And as predicted, we took our family pictures at the pumpkin patch. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yes. You have to. So that's why I'm going to have a pumpkin patch in my front yard with beautiful fall trees. Yes. And the asters <laughs> underneath yep. your red mm-hmm. fall color. Yes. Yeah. So that my second once in a lifetime fall, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. So what are some trees oh, you recommend? So I didn't necessarily pick them as like recommendations for fall color. Right. I pulled, this is our trees and shows for wildlife list that Justin and Bob wrote. Um, and they keep updating it. So I'll share the link to it. But they a lot of them are for birds, mm-hmm. as you know, you would probably guess. But some of these are really important pollinators, too. Right. And a lot of it is in terms of larval hosts. We don't see as many trees being visited by pollinators to pollinate them. Those trees are wind-pollinated. But, like, the hackberry, um, the hickories are super important larval hosts for different moths, like the luna moth and the sphinx moth. Um, really, I mean, we've got bitternut hickory, shagbark hickory. They're all really important, and they're awesome for fall color. And that's what I planted. Yay. A bitternut hickory. A bitternut hickory. Mm-hmm. They all, you know, contrary to what their names say, they all get shaggy bark. Yeah. And they have to get pretty old before they get that. So. Right. But I love the shaggy bark. Yes. It's That's so why cool. I wanted one. Ugh. And then uh, our lindens, our American mm-hmm. lindens, are really important to the swallowtails. Real quick, while we're on lindens, Japanese beetles. Oh, People yeah. are stopping, to plant, stopping planting lindens because of Japanese beetles. However, what we found is the the American linden seems to be pretty... Yeah. Pretty resistant. There's lots of lindens, and a lot of the ones that are, you know, planted the most are not the American. Uh, but we do have Tilia Americana. We have an American native linden mm-hmm. um, planted. Right. Yep. Yeah. That would be a good one. So there you go. And then black cherry, one of your favorites. And I also planted one and of those. And you also planted one of those, is both uh, important for larval hosts for our swallowtails mm-hmm. and our viceroys, but it's also one of the few trees that is, you know, important for a nectar source as right. well for bees so you see mm-hmm. a lot of bees visiting i'm so excited yeah and then walnuts i mean if you want to talk about larval host trees walnuts are i, I already have so a walnut and you have a walnut oh my goodness <laughs> i know it's like a powerhouse <laughs> you <somewhere>. are <laughs> um so those are i mean i we could go on and on and on but mm-hmm. i just wanted to share you know we think a lot about flowers and grasses and things for our pollinators Trees are super important, too. And, uh, you know, as we get later in the fall and we're all kind of bummed that gardening season's over, we can just start planting trees. Plant a tree or two. And I think we've mostly covered trees, so that leads us to another thing you can do. Yeah. 
just start dividing. Yes. Multiply your plants. Mm-hmm. It's the best way to save money on gardening. It is. Just make more of the plants you already got. And make friends because oh. when you realize you have nowhere to put them, you can go meet your neighbors and say, hey, do you want some iris? I'm getting some iris this week. I am too. I yeah. jumped up. You Good. know, the offer was for you and I said, oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, only because I complained that I didn't get any from the first round. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. That's okay. I'm yeah. benefiting from it. So I, I don't know if I really care why you're getting them. <laughs> there we go. Uh, but as we get to fall um, and the weather cools off, it's the perfect time to divide things. We've got a lot of like our bee bombs really good at mm-hmm. spreading. Um, I'm going to move a couple sedges that got bigger than I expected right. them to. Um, that can, you may not want to divide plants. You may just realize that you didn't put them in the right mm-hmm. location and it's a great time to move things. Right. And it's the same reason as why we're planting trees right now. The growth has slowed. Uh, the temperature and the stress on the plant has slowed. So, we can just shuffle the whole garden around. Yes. Maybe yeah. not. I wouldn't do the whole thing. Probably not. There are things we can't move. I mean, I did. So we've always talked about Baptisia. Yeah. That's the thing you cannot move. And we found out one of our board members has successfully moved to Baptisia. It was a uh, My Garden. Oh, it was a My Garden. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> she successfully moved to Baptisia. Um, and that's so cool. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't. That doesn't mean I would recommend everybody start doing it. Anything with those deep tap roots. Those are the things that we don't really divide or move. Very yeah, much. she did say she did a lot of work to yeah. get as much of the root as possible. She did so dig a big hole. It depends on how much work you want to do. True. I mean if you if you like digging holes, then mm-hmm. you know, don't let us stop you. Yeah, right. It's not gonna be also, like your maybe come help us. Yeah. <laughs> it's not gonna be like your iris where they're at the top of the soil, so you could just kinda split, split, Pop split. Them out. Yeah. 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 The other thing I've had really good luck moving is of course root back, yeah. Yeah. That That's will move. easy to move. And Joe Pie. Oh really? Mm-hmm. That surprises me. Yeah. I, I got guess a, it shouldn't. I got a split from a friend. Okay. And that's how I started my Joe Pie. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, what else have I moved? Mountain Mint. Yeah. Yeah. Mountain Mint mm-hmm. tends to get larger um, as time goes on, so I've moved to that. Mm-hmm. Um, goldenrod. Yeah. You can divide yeah. a lot of goldenrods. That one you may wait even a little bit longer. You typically don't want to divide something while it's still blooming. Right. We should be in the height of goldenrod blooming season right now absolutely yeah it's gonna be perfect it's gonna be a show Mm -hmm. yeah so lots to lots lots to divide i mean i guess your hostas and all that yeah daylilies you know do whatever you want then i'm trying to kill mine but (laughs) to each their own (laughs) it just reminds me of silas telling you to dig 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 dig. man he he will keep you going (laughs) i need more worms and then he'll hug a tree yeah (laughs) Oh, it's like a Sour Patch Kids. Right, right. So what, that's everything we are doing this Mm -hmm. fall. What are you not doing this fall? Well, I'm definitely not raking my leaves. Me either. That's a lot of work. I am sitting out there with a coffee and a good book. Well, you need your leaves to sell your pumpkin patch. That's right. So. That's right. So I'm not raking my leaves. Um, I'm not cutting everything to the ground. Right. That's another thing. I see sometimes like a full just like mower taken to things. (laughs) Probably not going to do that. No. Now, there's some 
you know, technicalities to leaving the sure. leaves. It's not always that simple. Yeah. You don't want them too thick. They'll mat yeah. things down and then your plants can't breathe over the winter or they'll start to rot. Yeah. There's a spot next to our house and our carport where the leaves really, but that's just where the wind mm-hmm. piles the leaves. And I do disperse that several yeah. times during the winter because they would just get soggy and wet and then tracked in the door. And I don't like that. Right. Yep. I do think leaving the leaves and planting well is one of the only reasons why my lavender has gone mm-hmm. through two winters. Um, and we've had milder winters, but because I it's that's next to the house, so it's already warmer. And then I leave the leaves. So yeah. it keeps it kind of insulated and from getting too cold and packed down under and snow. And holds that moisture in probably too. And it holds the moisture yeah. in, yeah. yeah. So I think give it a go. Leave leave the leaves, like Sarah said. Clean them up on the cement, the sidewalk, mm-hmm. your driveway, and you can redistribute those. Yes. So if there's places in your garden that doesn't get leaves, you can move them about. I, last year, when I had extra leaves... <laughs> I stacked them on my raised garden beds oh, for yeah. my vegetables because it kind of helped keep the soil where it needed, needs to be and your vegetation pretty much is gone by that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you need something to kind of hold everything together and then it adds it adds to your soil as they break down. I did that too. I just, I mean, it started out just being this pile of leaves and mm-hmm. it shrunk and it got moldy and weird, but who cares? <laughs> moldy it did. It was kind of slimy, but yeah. it was like, I mean, I'm not playing in my garden bed in the right. winter. And because it's my vegetables, there was nothing planted under mm-hmm. there that it was going to kill. And then the spring, I just put the compost on top of mm-hmm. it and chunked it up with my spade and mixed it in. So I wouldn't have just, you know, planted into that thick, thick pile of leaves, but it was like all broken down and easy then to incorporate into the soil better. Mm-hmm. Now, on your lawn, if you have trees growing over your lawn that then are dropping a bunch of leaves, you don't want to just leave a thick layer of leaves because it is going to hurt your grass. So in that case, I mulch. Mm -hmm. I just um, run my mower over it without the bag and mulch it up and it breaks it down small enough that it's not a problem. We do the same thing. Mm -hmm. I actually saw one of my neighbors the other day intentionally doing this. Um, which I think was because they were, they were doing a little dirt work around their driveway. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they were mulching some new shrubs they'd planted. Oh yeah. And it stirred up a bunch of like leaves Mm -hmm. from what had been around these shrubs. And so even though it was just the middle of summer, he just mulched it into his lawn. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's it makes a big difference um, in the health of our lawns to have that organic matter going back in. It's going to decrease the fertilizer you need next yeah. year. Wait, people fertilize their lawns? <laughs> <laughs> For a minute, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> wait, how do you not know this? Uh, people do that? No. I've never. We don't. Well, my dad did it one time. My dad does it too. Um, well, he did it to my lawn one time. Oh, okay. <laughs> My dad for like he was trying to be lawn. very helpful, that's, and I appreciate that's it. That's very nice. Yeah, very thoughtful. Yes, um, we don't because I don't want to spend money on fertilizer for my lawn. Well, yeah. and and I'm sure I'm going to get the timing wrong. That just, too. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't know. There's still a few weeds in our lawn, so right. if I fertilize that, I would just have fertilized weeds. Right, right. There's no point in fertilizing weeds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They don't need it. Yeah. 
I told my dad about my pumpkin patch plan. What did he think? <laughs> he was just like, you should do whatever you want to do. He's very supportive, but That's I could good. tell it was not something he would consider for his lawn. That's okay. It doesn't need, not everybody's lawn needs right. to be exactly. pumpkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, fine. I probably won't do it in mine. I don't like pumpkins that much. I love pumpkins. I mean, I like a few pumpkins to decorate, but I always get random pumpkins because I leave my pumpkins out, mm-hmm. which I could say is because I care about the wildlife, but I'm trying mm-hmm. to be honest here and saying it's because I don't like to pick up squishy sure. pumpkins. Yeah. Um, but a quick update on my accidental squash plant that oh, is growing in my front yard. Uh, I have two squashies. Um, and it had a lot more flowers, and then the rabbits ate them uh, all. So I'm gonna have to cage it. I gotta decide how much I care about this random squash. I think you care a lot. <laughs> I'll come do. cage it for you. So I'm gonna <laughs> cage it so that the rabbits stop it. These rabbits. Ugh. Do they bother the squashes that are growing? No, but I bet the squirrels will oh, soon. True. What mm-hmm. kind of squash is it? It's those. I don't even know what they're called, but they're they stay kind of small yeah. and round, and they're usually like yellow, green, orange, and they have that ridge that goes around the middle, kind of like oh. where the equator is. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of like ridges out. So they're fun. They're usually decorative. Like I don't think I've ever eaten one. Right. So. Fun. Yeah, you've got the start of your pumpkin. Bed. That's right. So <laughs> it already started. We get a few that come up under our maple tree, and it's fun to see them come up. But then it's too shady there, and they never right. make it because mm-hmm. uh, I just let the squirrels eat the pumpkins yeah. until they get too icky looking. I do. I I don't leave my pumpkins on my porch to rot, but mm-hmm. I do put them out uh, in strategic places where the oh, squirrels and things can get them. I should say that. They're yeah. not on our porch. Yeah, yeah. We do our little fall display in, in the area of rock that's getting dug up. There you go. Uh, so I'll have to find a new place to do my fall display. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but we usually get one of those tiny hay bales Aww. that makes people laugh because I live in a farming community. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and put some pumpkins and some... Mm-hmm. I have a little scarecrow that goes out there. Mm-hmm. Fun. Yeah. What else are we doing? Oh, bulbs. Yes. Bulb season it's is coming. It's time for bulbs. Uh, I don't usually plant my bulbs till like October. I try to wait... It's kind of a game. You got to wait out the squirrels. Oh, so they don't dig them up and yes, eat them. They're always af- they're always after bulbs. And they love our favorites. They love tulips. They love yeah. crocus. Mm-hmm. They usually, I've done some like little dwarf crested iris and they seem to leave those alone. I mean, you can plant them and just sit outside and guard your bulbs. I could. <laughs> um, I don't really have that much time. No. Too bad. And the rabbit doesn't care. She's not a no. very good guard rabbit. I wouldn't think so. No. Uh, Silas would just happily be helping them dig them up. <laughs> <laughs> be a team effort. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he did help plant our fall seeds. Good. We're a yeah. little late to tell this story, but he helped plant our fall seeds and is very proud of them. Yeah. Um, he was actually like a little mad that they grew because he didn't, <laughs> he wanted them to just be seeds. Oh, yeah. So he grew some lettuce and it's for the bunny. There you go. It's in the bottom of my bay tree. Pot. Yeah. I remember um, you saying yeah. that. Yeah. So I, I tend to wait till at least October. If I would rather plant my bulbs at the end of October. Yeah. But if you're doing that, then you need to be thinking about buying and ordering them now. Mm-hmm. Especially and if you order them, them correctly mm-hmm. once you get yeah. them. Cool and dry. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's been the only defense against squirrels I found. It's just to plant a little later after 
you know, they've picked up a lot of nuts and they're, yep. you know, not doing as much digging. They're getting sleepy. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I've never met a sleepy squirrel. Yeah, neither have I. Uh, yeah, that's, I think that's most of my fall gardening activities. Anything Yay. we miss that you do? No, I think those are the okay. main ones. Yeah. Sit outside and drink a lot of tea. Uh-huh. Well, for me, coffee. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Your hot drink of choice. Yes. And usually I'm doing homework. I can this do will be the fighter. There you go. Oh, so, homework? Yeah, this will yeah. be the last semester I have to do homework. Woo! Yeah. Until you get your doctorate. I'm not <laughs> going to do it. <laughs> Don't let anybody tell you different. It's not happening. Okay, so it's not quite fall, hard fall yet. Right. So we should be able to do at least one more, maybe two more episodes of what's still blooming. Oh, yeah. What you got blooming? Right now, I have, of course, my asters. Yes. Glorious. Beautiful, beautiful. Everything everything I've ever wanted. Good. In a plant. Good. Yeah. And it blooms in the fall, your favorite season. Exactly. Yeah. What colors? Yeah. Purple. Purple. I have purple, and then I have a lady in black, so Ooh, it's like a pinkish white. That's a fun one. Yeah, but mostly purple. I like purple asters. Yeah. I don't know if there's a color I don't like. I don't really like those hot pink ones. Yeah. That's a personal preference. There's nothing wrong with them. No. That's just not my favorite color. Mm-mm. I like the purple and blue ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think I do have some pink, too. Yeah. I kind of got it all, because I like asters. Because you like asters. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. How about you? I have asters, too. Yes. But I have some unique asters mm-hmm. that are blooming. They're wood asters. They're okay. asters that grow in the shade. Yes. And this is so cool, because it's hard to find fall blooms in the shade sometimes. Mm-hmm. So they are aster or symphyotrichum, whichever camp you belong to, mm-hmm. uh, cordifolius and divaricatus. Mm-hmm. So there's white wood aster and blue wood aster. Blue superior. Blue superior. Okay. <laughs> I like them both, actually. The white one is very airy. Um, it's just very, it looks, it's not ephemeral, but it looks that kind of just like, Long stems with a few leaves here and there, and then mm-hmm. a burst of white flower. Right. So it just kind of floats above my sedges and makes this pretty woodland scene. The blue looks more, it's shaped more like a regular aster, just a little lower to the ground and maybe a little less dense. Mm-hmm. But it looks maybe more like a traditional aster. Okay. And then there's at also macrophyllum. Which is big leaf aster. Oh, yeah. It grows yeah. kind of like a ground cover. Um, It grows very low to the ground most of the summer, but its flower stalks shoot up like one to two feet. So the flowers are still kind of tall, and it's white. Mm-hmm. But the leaves are dense and low to the ground. Okay. So I planted that one in with my hostas. Yeah, there you so, go. So um, that's fun because it kind of runs along the ground between them. And, and this time you have the hostas are kind of done. Mm-hmm. So now you can see the flowers coming up. Yeah. And I think they're so neat because, I mean, I really just never thought you could have an aster in the shade. Yeah. And they're so cool. And it's hard to do shade. It is. It's really hard to do pollinator gardens in the shade. Yes. And they visit them. It's mainly the tiny bees, Mm -hmm. the little tiny guys. Um, I don't see very many, you know, like honeybees or bumblebees on them. But yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what I got. Still goldenrod. I think most of us still have goldenrod going. Mm-hmm. And I'm really looking forward to the grass is starting to change color. Always. Uh, yes. They don't do it as well here as they do in western Nebraska. Mm-hmm. I mean, little blue stem in western Nebraska just looks like somebody oh. just lit it on fire. Right. And here we in get. In a good way. In a good way. <laughs> I mean, I sh- yes, not in a bad way. Um, 
And here, it's like a dusty red. It's still pretty, mm-hmm. but it's yeah. more like a dusty red. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. We're glad to help you with your tree planting and your fall chores. So don't forget to rate and review us wherever you're listening now. We really appreciate that. Send us an email if you have questions. But otherwise, Bloombox and Bloombox Growing Deeper are both programs of the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum. Mm-hmm.